0: Instead of years of therapy, we could be helped with brief, meaningful sessions that equip us for self-help. Hello, I'm Chester Elton, and this is my co-author and dear friend, Adrian Costing.
1: Well, thanks, Chess. Yeah, as many of you know, right now, there's often a wait of many months if you want to get treatment from a therapist. And that, show, that says that my, right now, more than 50% of adults, 75% of young adults living with mental health issues, well, they, their needs are unmet. On this show, our guest is going to explain something new, how single session mental health interventions or SSIs might allow more of us to get the mental health help we need. As always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life.
0: And with us today is our new friend, Dr. Jessica Schleider. She is the Assistant Professor of Psychology at Stony Brook University. Schleider completed her PhD in Clinical Psychology at Harvard University and her doctoral internship in Clinical and Community Psychology at Yale School of Medicine. She is the author of a new book, Little Treatments, Big Effects. Great title, by the way. How to Build Meaningful Moments that Can Transform Your Mental Health welcome to the show doctor we are delighted to have you on the podcast
2: thanks so much um delighted to be here um one side note i excited to share that i'm now an associate professor um and my whole lab has moved to northwestern university actually Oh, congratulations! <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, you know it's always nice
0: to, to see that our guests have have upgraded. Exactly, <laughs> so exactly. Thank you.
1: That's awesome. Congrats! And hey, so tell us a little bit about this idea and where the book comes from. What's the benefit of having a single se- session intervention versus what we're more used to forming a longer relationship with your therapist?
2: It's a great question, and my response is usually it's not an either or, it's a both and, because the first model, the one that we're all used to, that we all know well, simply isn't meeting the needs of people across the United States, across the world. Uh, You know, as you mentioned in the intro, most people who want and look for mental health care can't access anything at all. And as when I was in training as a clinical psychologist, I saw over and over again my own clients, patients that I was seeing, and their families be unable to continue after starting treatment. So they'd come for an intake, and then due to financial, logistical, personal barriers, they just couldn't make it work to continue therapy. And um, the idea of a briefer intervention or a -a one-at-a-time approach, the single session mentality, uh, helps people understand how any moment can be harnessed for positive change. while not expecting that everybody's going to be able to access and complete long-term psychotherapy. So really, a single-session approach is designed to fill these gaps in systems of care that long-term therapy just is never going to because it wasn't built to. So that's the idea behind how they can kind of from a public health or population health perspective be useful to promote mental health uh, at a large scale.
0: So so it is interesting. So you say uh, both and. So you've got a lot of research, obviously you're publishing it in your book and so on. What's the evidence that suggests that one can be enough? And is it always enough or is it one plus as you you talk about?
2: Yeah. So I first started going down this research rabbit hole as a PhD student. And I initially set out to conduct a meta-analysis. So a synthesis of every single randomized controlled trial that had ever been conducted on single session mental health problems, specifically for youth, since that's when most mental health disorders onset in life. Uh, I have found back in 2017 when I did this meta-analysis, there were already 50 randomized controlled trials testing the effectiveness of single session mental health interventions, which was surprising on its own. I didn't know there was a huge literature on this. But even more surprising, when I looked at the overall impact on single session therapies, on depression, anxiety, behavior problems, the overall effects were not that different from what we see in multi-session psychotherapy, so on average, 16-session treatments. My grad advisor, who has spent his entire career researching multi-session treatments, thought that I had made some terrible coding error, and I needed to go back and fix it. and I assumed he was right, because how could a single session be at all comparable to longer term care? Uh, but in fact, that was the case, uh, which got me really intrigued and excited to figure out what is it about one session that can actually help somebody in a lasting way, weeks or even months later. And that's the question I've been trying to answer in my research since then. Um, and so there is good evidence that single session interventions can be helpful, but um, It's not that they're designed to replace longer-term psychotherapy, though, and it's not to say that everybody will only need one session. That wouldn't be reasonable. But what it is suggesting is that one session can matter. And thinking about mental health as a lifelong journey of ups and downs and moments of distress and wellness, making those individual moments matter when you find yourself in moments of distress can still be a really valuable approach. Um, so that's the main takeaway for me.
1: That is, you know, it's so important too, is, you know, Chester and I, we do executive coaching and we don't pretend to be therapists when we even tell the people coming in, we're not therapists, but there are times where, you know, I'll tell people you need a tune up. You need, you need a single or two sessions where you go in and you talk about this issue because it's, it's out of our pay grade but it is something that you really need to work on. Maybe it's conflict resolution or you're having an issue with this or the other. Um, there are things that, yeah, I could see that happening. Um, that you know, There's times where your whole engine needs overhauled and you need a longer. There's times where you need the tune-up. Tell. One thing that I noticed in your writing, uh, Jessica, is that uh, you're very vulnerable. You tell about your own story. You battled an eating disorder that you came through that. Tell us a little about your experience, maybe with therapy too, and what has helped you in your personal life.
2: Absolutely. And this is one of the things that led me to study this topic was my own experience with the lack of accessibility of the mental health care system. Um, so like a lot of teenagers, middle school was rough for me. <laughs> um, and you know that's a pretty universal experience. But for me, it hit particularly hard. I began struggling with a pretty severe eating disorder that warranted a very high level of care. Um, At the time, I was, you know, oh, sorry. Did I freeze up for a second? Sorry if I froze for a second there. Um, At the time, I was uh, growing up in New York City and uh, kind of anecdotally, you think of New York City like everybody has a therapist. But when my parents tried to figure out how to find a therapist for me, they kept coming up empty. The wait lists were out of control, and I wasn't in a position where I could wait six months to a year. For services, um, there was a more immediate need than that. And that was sort of my first foray into this really upsetting reality that reaching out for help isn't always enough. Um, I interfaced with a wide variety of treatments at pretty much any level that you can think of, uh, from outpatient weekly therapy to inpatient residential care. And it was variably helpful. Um, it, you know, sometimes it worked a little bit, but not completely. And overall, there really wasn't much evidence infused into a lot of the treatment that I was receiving. Um, And it really wasn't until when I was in grad school and I self-referred into an intensive program again, because at that point I was still struggling, um, that a chance (laughs) encounter with another patient was what kind of like flipped a switch in my mind. Um, And how eating disorder treatment works a lot of the time is you have these supervised meals that you eat. And everyone like brings in food that's challenging for them and we support each other and whatnot. And I decided one day to bring in a food that was particularly challenging for me to have for for the meal. Um, So my fellow patient came up to me afterwards and just mentioned like, you know, what made you do that today? That that seemed tough. Um, How did you get there? Uh, And I told her that I just kind of decided that maybe I was never going to be ready. So why not just go for it? And... Grin and bear it and see what happens. Um, and she looked at me and she said, what if that's just the whole thing, though? And I was I was not pleased with that response initially. Um, I was annoyed. I was like, I wouldn't have struggled for this long if it was that easy. How could you say that? Uh, but I thought about it more and begrudgingly kind of came to the conclusion that she wasn't wrong. What if I did actually just try something hard and accepted that it's going to be hard every single day and see what happens? And I started doing more of that and found that it was incredibly helpful as a motivator and just a boost, a way of reframing situations that helped me stick with treatment programs. Um, So that moment really mattered for me, which once I got acquainted with the idea of single session therapy... I went back to that moment, and I was like, okay, there, there is some validity to the idea that a moment can make a difference for somebody, and I, I really want to figure out how to make that happen more for people.
0: That is such a great story. Isn't it interesting? Because, you know, Adrian, we talk about creating a good minute and those moments, and sometimes all you need is a good minute. You know, as you were talking, and I don't know if this qualifies as a food, but the food that I really struggle with is Twizzlers. <laughs> I just can't, can't, can't stand. I know. And they're always available at the airport. I mean, I spend a lot of time at airports. And so maybe I need a single session therapy on Twizzlers. Red, you know, red vine, I don't care for it all. Twizzlers, that's my
2: If it's a specific go-to. phobia of Twizzlers that you're talking about, probably the best tested single session therapy out there is for treating specific phobias. So I am very confident that you could deal with that <laughs> in a one-session intervention. That'd
1: be awesome, yeah. Fear of the, the, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Spiders the, flying, whatever it is. Absolutely.
2: It's (laughs) highly, highly effective. Dozens of RCTs on single session interventions for phobias. That's awesome.
0: Excellent. Well, listen, so if I'm listening to this uh, podcast and I'm struggling with some mental health issues, uh, is there personal work that I can do that builds from your book if I'm still a little hesitant to ask for help from a therapist?
2: Absolutely. And one of the challenges with our mental health care system is that there aren't enough therapists. And that's one of the issues with this accessibility crisis that we're facing. So a lot of the work that my research lab does is actually not on therapist-delivered single-session interventions, but on self-guided single-session interventions, things people can do on their own anytime, as and when needed. Um, usually we do them online, um, so self-guided digital tools. But in the book, there are a bunch of self-guided activities at the end that anybody can try out for themselves. Um, and each of these uh, activities is recyclable. So you can do it over and over um, and hopefully get something different out of it each time. And they're really geared towards helping people identify the next best step for themselves um, in a moment of distress or confusion or uncertainty, um, breaking things down into smaller components and figuring out what values do I have in this moment and what goals do I have for the next moment that can help me make a step that feels right and that leaves me feeling a little more hopeful. So there are lots of evidence-based, single-session, self-guided tools out there, um, not just from my lab, but also others. Uh, And yeah, there are a few in the book and also uh, a bunch uh, openly accessible for free on our lab website.
0: Awesome.
1: How do people, and you say, you know, all these things, where would you send people to learn more about your work then, Jessica?
2: Well, our website Schleiderlab.org um, has a whole lot of information and resources for people seeking treatment, for therapists, for uh, okay. trainees, um, because there really isn't solid training on single session approaches. in most PhD or at master's programs for therapists. Um, so we try to make everything as public as possible uh, so that others can learn from it, use it how they want in their own lives, uh, and hopefully share it with others. There is another great resource. Um in, uh, through a center in Australia called the Bovary Center, which has a series of wonderful online self-guided trainings and reading materials on a single session mindset, which is essentially helping people figure out how to capture the moment, whatever that moment is for them, um, in a way that's going to help them make change that matters. And it's a great set of resources there too. So I definitely recommend their center as well.
1: I think in a hundred plus guests or a couple hundred guests, I think you're the first person's ever recommended somebody else's website. That that says a lot about you. Well, <laughs> what good heart you have. There okay. there are
2: lots of people doing really good work in this space, and I, I want to awesome. make sure that they get credit for that.
1: That is awesome. Love that. And it sounds like yeah, okay. So if somebody is looking for a psychotherapist or somebody to help, they can connect through your website and learn more. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. Okay, so you've gone through some things in your own life. You've you've done grad school. You've done very Hard things as well. Um, professor, you've got lots of things going on. What are your self care tactics that help you stay on track and help you thrive personally?
2: So, what I say to my lab members, my grad students, my postdocs is that I am doing these, this research and building these interventions so I can use them. Um, so, <laughs> honestly, I use a lot of the tools that are funneled into these interventions to cope. And my favorite one is. Drawing from solution-focused therapy techniques to help myself figure out what strengths do I have that I know, because I've gotten through tough stuff before, that I can bring into this situation now and help me take uh, sort of get myself on the right track uh, for what I'm facing. Um, So reframing problems as, you know, I when I feel unable to cope or unable to do things or unable to deal with whatever's in front of me take a step back and reflect on what I have coped with that was hard, harder or as hard in the past. Um, How did I get through those situations? What did I do? Who did I talk to? What resources did I use? To remind myself that even when I do come up against those moments where I just feel completely stuck and like I have no discernible skills to navigate the situation, that I objectively do. And I can draw on those sort of past self moments um, to help me figure out what to do next. So, trying to take a more strengths-focused approach uh, to the problems that are in front of me.
0: Excellent. You know, we, we do talk at, at the end of almost every podcast we ask. So, uh, over and above that, what you're doing for, for yourself, do you have any rituals or routines? You know, people will say, I go for walks, I exercise, I meditate, I yoga. Um, do you have any of those practices that you share with our
2: listeners? I certainly should. Uh, <laughs> I guess "should" isn't a great word. Um, no, I think um, I think it's easy to spend a lot of time thinking that you're supposed to be doing certain routines for your well being or your mental health, and the reality is that there is no single thing that works for everybody, or that's consistent for everybody, or uh, that even is permanently sustainable <laughs> as a daily <laughs> practice, because life is complicated and schedules get messy. Um, so I think the only thing that's really consistent is practicing self-compassion and self, uh, self-forgiveness self for not necessarily always keeping up with those routines that I feel like maybe I should be doing. Um, getting, cutting myself some slack. That is probably the thing that is most helpful in getting me out of ruts is being real with myself and saying like anybody else in this situation, you'd understand why they're struggling and you wouldn't blame them for having a tough time. Why are you blaming yourself? Um, that's the main practice. I, I wish I could say I have a regular jogger, I, I'm <laughs> super not. Um, my sleep schedule is weird. <laughs> um, we're all doing our best, but really that's the consistent thing for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'll, take, I'll just take that as a no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we say that? Let's go with no. I like that. It's more succinct.
0: <laughs> That's so great. I love that you're so vulnerable on that, uh, Jessica. It really is uh, great. Uh, Adrian, back to you.
1: Wow, this has been just such a great conversation, Jessica. Give us a, So you, before you began this, this work to now, give us one or two takeaways that our listeners can take away to say, this is this, if you had to summarize it, this is what you'd want them to leave with today.
2: I think the first piece is that any moment can scientifically make a difference for your mental health, long-term and short-term. And knowing that, I think, opens doors to trying to find what those moments are um, and trying to figure out what about this moment can I take away and carry forward with me, rather than assuming nothing's going to change until I'm in therapy for months and months. Um, so just knowing that that is scientifically true, that one session can matter, that one moment can matter, I think is is meaningful. Um, and the other piece is that, that is excellent. if If you've gotten this far in life, you have way more strengths than you're giving yourself credit for. Like you've lived this long, life is hard and complicated. You have had to develop coping skills and ad- a, a, a adaptive ways of dealing with different situations along the way. so if you if you feel in moments like, there's nothing that I know how to do. There's nothing that I can do. Odds are there are <laughs> um, simply because you've gotten through a lot already. Um, and those, that, that, that kind of approach, that kind of messaging is sort of imbued in most effective single session therapies.
0: That is so great. It's so funny as you were saying that you've lived this long, you've done a lot of stuff. Uh, You know, Adrian, I heard. You know, you old guys, you've lived a long time.
1: (laughs) No, I would say the same
2: thing to a (laughs) twelve-year-old. I would say the same thing to a teenager.
1: She's saying now to a couple of twenty-year-olds. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. exactly.
0: There's 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 no video on this podcast. People don't know what we (laughs) look.
2: We're all teenagers, actually. That's right.
0: Hey, listen, our, our guest has been delightful, Dr. Yeah. Jessica Schleidler. Um, she's got this great book, Little Treatments, Big Effects, How to Build Meaningful Moments that Can Transform Your Health. She's got uh, Schleidler Labs. My German isn't what it used to be. <laughs> can <Schleidlerlab.org. laughs> Go there for some great information. Jessica, it's really been a delight. Thank yeah. you for the help that you're offering people. I think this, this idea of the single session, Moments That Matter is really a big idea. We really appreciate you bringing it to our humble podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks,
1: Jessica. Thank you all. Well, Chess, what a wonderful discussion with Jessica Schleider, PhD, um, Harvard, Yale trained. uh, Couldn't get more credible. And yet she says, look, this is kind of things we've talked about. Any moment can make a difference for your mental health. Take those good moments, learn from them, hold on to them, but don't don't ignore the power of, of a moment or a minute. Yeah, because I think we
0: get in our heads, you know, that we've got to have this long drawn out process. You know that we're, we we meet every week, and I've had a therapist for fifteen years, and so on and so on. I I really appreciate it. and and that she came upon it in her own. Yeah, Life and has struggled with this and struggled with that. So often that is the case, right? You find people that struggle with an issue, and then that becomes their mission to help other people. I, I like that she also offers self-guided sessions, you know, because a lot of people still yeah. that stigma of going and asking for help and having a therapist. There's still, you know, that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And so I appreciated that in her book, she offers those
1: self-guided single sessions very powerful yeah to do that and uh love the vulnerability you know she talked about her own eating disorder in middle school and and then this this you know other person in her group saying um well oh, maybe that's it all you have to do is tackle the the biggest phobia and she said uh got really quite offended by that and then realized <laughs> in some cases that is it let's let's tackle something big let's Let's work on something hard and accept that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it's interesting what she says about phobias. That is, single session can make a big difference in our fear of fill in the blank.
0: Yeah, the moments that matter, you know, it was, it was interesting. It Just in my head, I was thinking, it's kind of like the the person on the bridge, mm. you know, getting ready to jump. Well, if you talk them out of jumping, you know, that may be the one moment they never have that thought again. It's yeah. it's getting you past that critical moment I, I like that she uh, also talked about that it wasn't um this or that you know it, it could be the single se- it could be both and is the way she said it and that single sessions can fill the gaps hmm. that was something that really struck me you know because yeah. you're you're in between sessions or you're in between uh, anxious moments and you just need something to fill the gap and that single session can can fill that gap for you. I thought that was really a powerful
1: concept. It really does. And um, one of the things, too, this comes back to what you were just mentioning a moment ago about the self-directed. One of the things she talked about, I think it's very powerful, is that, okay, what are, sort of in a way, listing, you're going through something hard. Well, she said, you know, at times I have to list what I've gone through and to reframe my problems. You know, she says, okay, so I've tackled tough things in the past. Who did I talk to? What resources did I use? How did I, how did I cope with that? What a powerful way to address the tough things we're going through now instead of, you know, head in the sand, head underneath the blankets, ignoring things. Um, No, look, you've done hard things before, but practically, how did you do those hard things? Great advice.
0: My last thing was this um, give yourself some grace, you know, um, a little self-compassion, a little self-forgiveness. It goes a long way. And that... uh, you know, we've gotten this far. We have done hard things. We can continue to do hard things. Don't be hard on yourself. Give yourself a little grace. Give yourself a little confidence.
1: And you know who's the hardest on himself is Brent Klein, who's our uh, no question He's so hard on himself. Oh my he gosh! Always wants to make things more and more perfect. <laughs> uh, and we tell him, no, no, it's, it's good enough. You know. And, uh, <laughs>
0: And, and who is Brent Klein, Adrian? He's I think our producer.
1: Can... <laughs> he's uh, the magnificent uh, man behind the curtain who puts all this together. I want to thank him for his amazing work. To Christy Lawrence, who helps find cool guests like uh, Jessica Schleider. And to all of you who listen in, we want to thank you. If you like the podcast, please download it, share it. We'd also love you to visit thecultureworks.com. Thecultureworks.com is where we keep some free resources to help you and your team thrive.
0: And of course we love speaking to audiences around the world virtually or in person on topics about culture teamwork and resilience give us a call we'd love to talk to you about your event well another delightful guest hopefully some great information for our listeners to help them cope with anxious you know moments at work and with their families and as always adrian i'll give you the last
1: word (laughs) well don't forget to pick up our book anxiety at work and uh, which has lots of great advice to help you work through issues that you're seeing in your job. So uh, let us know. Send us a note after you've read it and let us know what you think of the book. And until next... Oh, sorry, guys, ahead,
0: Jess. Actually, I'm not going to give you the last word this right. time. Uh, we have our Anxiety at Work Lit Video Book. that's going to release, uh, I think, around the 6th of March. Uh, go to litvideobooks.com. It's a wonderful new format from paper to digital to audible and now a video book. It's a 29-minute a video book on anxiety at work we're really excited about this new platform we really are so sorry to jump in and take the last oh, word there. no no I hope it you features
1: guys... not only the the handsome and talented chester elton uh his supporting actor adrian gostig but also <laughs> some of our clients are interviewed uh, real life studies of people going through this it's really an amazing product so yeah as you say check out lit video books and uh and and you know find out more about it
0: yeah and have a great week take care everybody cheers